<laughs> you know, my mother was born in Carson Springs, Tennessee. Tennessee woman used to use the hickory switch, play Zorro, like, when I tell you, you should my my idiot brother, oh, I shouldn't call, I see, I'm trying to not to use those words, because every time I go to Georgia, and I'm driving through some of those small towns, and there's people that are trying to run me off the road, beeping their horns, I'm saying, you idiot, and I had to apologize to a friend, I said, I need to stop using that, but anyway, that being said, my mother decides to go because there's no jobs in Carson Springs, Tennessee, right after the war. So she moves with her family in the back of a Beverly Hillbillies truck, basically, all the way to uh, Seabrook, New Jersey. She meets an Italian Sicilian, and dear God, has a bunch of kids, half Italian, half Tennessee. My dear mother has always said, will you just quiet down? I said, you're talking 5,000 years of DNA. I'm trying to quiet down. But two days ago, when my bumper hits me, knocks me down, shoots my glasses into the air, I cried out, and I want to tell you something. Forget the mic. So Pastor Hank gets out and says, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, yes. Now, I'm starting to get the message. You know, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm praying about this sermon. Michael Brown's constantly praying for me, and I need the prayer, and you need the practice because, anyway, my back actually feels a little bit better, believe it or not, at times. <laughs> but I get, uh, I came to my friend, Leanne, one of the greatest at Swafford, her and Donnie, and I, I went to, uh, wanted to get a haircut. And the woman gave me a great haircut until she cut my ear. And there's, oh my gosh. Now I'm starting to learn something. Somebody, somebody's uh, kind of uh, maybe wanting to either cut me or, or run me over. Who knows? But I, being of Italian Sicilian background, I always loved to go, and I, I love watching the Godfather movies. I mean, I, you know, forgive me, I've been, <laughs> I've been criticized for that, but guess what? I still watch them, and uh, I just always loved Marlon Brando's. You know, how you doing, you know, kind of thing. Uh, where's Michael at? Michael DeAndre, are you here? Hey, Mike, where you at, Michael? Hey, how you doing? Huh? Wait a minute, is that Devin next to you? Devin, thank you for praying for me this morning. Yeah, I needed it. And you need the practice, I need the prayers. Um, but anyway, I am, uh, <laughs> I always loved it. And one night I'm reading about Nebuchadnezzar. Now, why was I reading about Nebuchadnezzar? Because a dear friend, I don't think she's here. If she is, wave your hands. Um, a dear friend, Donna Rice, who
who I've known for many a year, was telling me what a difference a, a year makes. Now, I can honestly say we can start out with a day. On the 11th of June, 2012, I was having a blast. I was dating a very attractive little gal named Carolyn Valentine. And Carolyn Valentine and I were going up into the mountains of Tennessee, looking at some of the, and I believe we went uh, over to where I had built a waterfall. We came up, because I lived, I had a house in South Carolina at the time, we came up and saw this waterfall near Pigeon Forge, uh, and we were just having a good time, and she kept on saying, uh, you're not acting right. <laughs> well, I've never acted right, but she kept on saying, you're not acting right. And something's wrong. Well, on June 12th, 2012, one day, what a difference a day makes. I began to feel incredibly dizzy, and I, I couldn't get it together. I, I knew something was wrong, but I kept on feeling like my balance was going out. And as I tried to stand up, I kept on, like, balancing or going off into a wall, into one of my walls. So I called Carolyn, and I said, which hospital, something's wrong, which hospital do I need to go into? Uh, she said, don't go to Memorial, go to St. Francis of Assisi, a hospital in Greenville, South Carolina. Of course, she worked there. And I called a friend, and I said, the keys to my truck are underneath of the doormat, come and get it, something's very wrong. They rushed me to the hospital. I began to have a brain bleed right there, which basically stroked me out. I had a stroke, I had a brain bleed. I went into a two-week coma and actually went to heaven, walked the streets of heaven. I remember seeing family. I have great, great uh images in my brain, and the more my mind uh, is, is healing, the more images and the more uh, happen, happenings happen. But what a difference the day makes. Donna brought her grandchildren over because they wanted to see me draw. Now, I've always been an artist since I was five. Thank you. And I've always, in fact, what's really fascinating is, was it 35 years ago? No, 86. 86. General Assembly, 34 years ago, I was working building in foam the, uh, a show for uh, the General Assembly of the Church of God for Hank, Pastor Hank, Pastor, uh, Pastor Rhonda, and I was doing like the presenting Hank and Rhonda Davis ministries. Uh, and it was, we were really having a good time with it, painting, using and doing foam, cutting the foam and making these gorgeous, uh, uh, I guess, art. You know, I just made them something that would be presentable. Fast forward 35, 34 years, and what am I doing in the backyard? I'm cut, getting hit and run over. And cutting foam, building foam once again for Hank and Rhonda Davis. I just love it. 
What are we going to be doing in 35 more years? Thank you, God. So anyway, Donna Rice said to me, she said, these, these children that are wanting to see you draw. So I drew, and I was drawing. And, of course, one of the children said, I want to see the Incredible Hulk. So I drew, drew the Incredible Hulk. One of the children said, I want to see you draw Jesus. So I drew Jesus. Uh, I used to actually do this at the YMCA back in 1907. Uh, where they put me in to, the, to teach the children art. And the children would shut their mouths and watch me draw. And some of the kids would say, can you draw Spider-Man? I drew Spider-Man. So these kids came over and quiet, some of the most well-mannered children I have seen, quietly. Can you, Mr. Al, can you draw, can you draw this? And I drew this. One of the children said, can you draw me a race car and put my face in it? I drew him a race car and put his face in it. And it was a wonderful time. And I was telling Donna, I said, Donna, what, a, what incredible mannerly children. Uh, I've just not seen that too much anymore. You know, I mean, it's, they're, they're kind. They're good. Uh, they were so excited. She said, let me tell you a story. One year ago, these children were in a, an abusive home. The father was abusive, and every time, in fact, when they came, if you just raised your hand like this, the children would shudder. She said they cussed like sailors. She said they, they, they lived a very profane life. They, they were spewing out constant poison. She said, but what happened when they came into my house with their mother, we began to pray over them every day. We be, and they, they walked away from that relationship. We began to pray over them. We began to take them to church. We began to sow good seeds. And instead of profanity, they would listen to the word of God. They began to, they began to change. She said, what a difference a day makes. Now, I was talking to her about this, and I said, wow, that's interesting, because I have been reading about a man named Nebuchadnezzar and a man named Daniel. And Daniel was constantly dealing with this man. Nebuchadnezzar, I, I don't know if any of you um, have ever been to Berlin, Berlin, Germany, not Berlin, Pennsylvania, but Berlin, Germany. In Berlin, Germany, I went in 1989, right before, it was July, right before the Berlin Wall fell. And I went to take some money to an Assembly of God preacher because God impressed me to take him some money. Anytime you walk in obedience, if God impresses your heart and you do it, God will bless you. So I began to feel this compelling that I needed to send, take a man by the name of Hans Reiter. See, he's from East Berlin. Hans Reiter, an Assembly of God preacher. So I went through Checkpoint Charlie because Berlin was not unified at that time. I went through Checkpoint Charlie, and it was horrible. Guns everywhere. In fact, they had, they were, they had a wall between one wall and then a no-man's land and another wall to keep people from East Berlin out of West Berlin because West Berlin was like prosperous East Berlin were eating donuts made with sawdust. I mean, it was just that bad. And in, to keep them out, 
to keep them out, they had machine guns that had like motion detectors. So if Michael Brown was going, wanting to get from one wall and escape East Berlin, all of a sudden a, a, metal, or a, a motion detector would lock on, and because it was communist made, it would probably shoot this whole area right here. But once in a while, it would actually re reach this target. So I go through, they search me, they pat me down, they go through all this rigmarole, and I got an East Berlin gentleman, a taxi, to take me to Hans Schreider's house. I walked up, I gave him a, uh, I said, God impressed me to give you this, sir. And I gave it to him in, in West, West Berlin or West German Deutschmarks, which were worth something, the East Berlin Deutschmarks were worth almost very little. So I walked up to, I got out of the cab, I walked up to the house, knocked on the door, and I said, Reverend Schreider, my name's Al Mango, God has impressed me to bring you this. And I put some money into his hands. And he looked at the money, and he began to weep. He said, you will never believe what I'm about to tell you, but... That's the exact amount that I need because I wanted to go to a convention of ministers in West Germany, and I needed that exact amount. This gives me the opportunity. Was that coincidence? I don't think so. But we went, me and Hans Schreider's son went, got something to eat, and went to the Pergamum Museum. Now, if you've ever watched Indiana Jones, you know that the, the first two Indiana Jones, the Nazis were always trying to find things in the supernatural, the occult. Uh, they would they would take um, they would go into cities and literally take the entire city out. Well, one of the things that they did, they took the Gate of Ishtar from ancient Babylon ripped it out of Babylon, or present-day Iraq, took it back to Berlin, Germany in 1930, before the war, and they, put, they built an entire museum for these ancient artifacts, many of them dealing with sorcery and witchcraft. Let me stop right there, and I probably will bother someone right now, and I really don't care that much because here's what happens because at 20 you care about what everybody thinks guess what I'm not 20 anymore and I found that out when I was trying to outwork a 21 year old but at 40 you stop caring about what everybody thinks now at 60 you realize no one was actually thinking about you in the first place and, of course, anybody that's clapping is not 60. I'll have my 46 or 47th birthday in June if anyone wants to bring some uh, gifts. So I am with Hans Schreider's son. I believe his name is Philip. We went out, and we went to the Pergamon Museum. And I looked at the Gate of Ishtar, and I said, wow, this is so cool. I am walking the same through a gate that King Nebuchadnezzar walked through. Now, when I look at Nebuchadnezzar, remember, this is the guy that 
gets a hold, he has this image set up. And if you've ever heard what it, it says, the image, everybody has to bow when they play the, 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 the band, basically. The, the sack butt, the, uh, who knows what that is, the cornet, the, the psaltery, which is like a, ha uh, a harp. But when you hear those sounds, everyone has to get down on their face. So he does this, and all of a sudden, some of his, uh, his ministers come and go, and, oh, oh, oh. You ever seen people that are fearful and, and upset and everything else? Let me tell you something. This whole world has gotten fearful. We're afraid. Oh, God, we're afraid we're going to die. We're afraid we're going to, to uh, get the coronavirus. Some people are afraid they're going to drink too much corona, you know, which is a Mexican beer for those of you that have never imbibed. But let me tell you something. That's the biggest problem in America is not so much the coronavirus, but too much corona. So, and you know what is really interesting? And I got to quote this because I can quote some scriptures. I can quote some Shakespeare. I can quote some scriptures. But the Lord, the Bible says fear is destructive. But Psalm 27 said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, oh my goodness, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I'll be confident. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Amen. And in my case, it's called a mango rock. Just thought I'd throw that out at you. So anyway, everybody's all fearful because... Oh, no, there's three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Italian guy was Abednego because he had a O at the last, you know. Anybody has an O at the last name, that's usually Italian. Well, I always thought about, you do realize that I do have a sense of humor. So I'm reading Daniel, and I'm thinking, you know what? Who does Nebuchadnezzar remind me of? And then all of a sudden it hit me. He reminds me of the Godfather. I could see Nebuchadnezzar. How you doing? Huh? Yeah, how you? Hey, you know, ask me that. How you doing? You don't want to know. Okay. So, so I'm looking and I'm, I'm reading this. And they have played the big band. They're playing the, you know, how lucky can one guy be? They're playing the band, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not bowing. So Nebuchadnezzar calls them in because he's, even though he's a rageaholic, he says, I want to try to teach these guys. So he calls them in. There's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says, how you guys doing? He said, hey, hey, hey Neb, we're doing, King Nebuchadnezzar, we're doing pretty good. Godfather, we're doing good. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, I understand because of my wimpy, wimpy boy uh, ministers and everything, they're all scared. I always tell them, act like a man. 
Anyway, I tell, I'm talking to you, Nebuchadnezzar. I'm talking to you. I'm, talk, I'm sorry. I'm talking to you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my, my paisano, you know. I, I want to talk to you. You need to get with the program, and guess what's going to happen? We're going to play the big band one more time. We're going to play it, and then all you have to do is bow, and we'll forget we ever had a problem. Well, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, of course, the Italian was the spokesman, said to Godfather Nebuchadnezzar, they said, you'll never forget this sermon, incidentally, I'll tell you. But they said to Nebuchadnezzar, hey, you know, king, we love you. We think you're a great leader, but we're not going to bow. We don't bow to anybody but God, the Most High. We're not going to bow your image. And, and, and uh, of course, Nebuchadnezzar is starting to get into the rageaholic mode. You know, he's getting more and more worked up, as the Godfather does. And they, the, the Bible declares that he gets so upset that he says, run the temperature up so hot what, that when we throw these boys in there, they're going to be dyed, fried, and laid to the side. So what happens? They raise the temperature of the fiery furnace. What happens then? They get a group of guys, a good of what they call good fellas. You know, Luigi, incidentally, not to change the subject, but uh, from what I understand from my pastor friend, Hank Davis, Pastor Hank, uh, somebody turned down my membership request to be a member of this wonderful establishment and this church. Yes, they did. It's, it's a sad thing. Some board member, Michael, tell me it wasn't you. Okay, please. Okay. Well, anyway, so they, they turned down my, 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 uh, my membership request, and, you know, I just want to be a part of the family, you know, la familia. So uh, whoever it was, uh, just understand that uh, there may, you know, Pastor Hank said he whacked me with the bumper of my own truck. <laughs> well, guess what? When we say whack in the Italian Sicilian community, it means you're dead. So if there's a, a, a couple of guys come to you like good fellas, they say, hey, did you turn down Mr. Mango, Senor, the, you know, did you turn him down? You need to just say, you know, we've reconsidered. We've reconsidered. So I'm sorry. I just get kind of. Anyway, so Nebuchadnezzar says, turn the, the, the temperature up. What does he do? They turn it up. And the good fellas that are saying, okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I don't care if you are Italian. We're taking you. And they throw them into the fiery furnace. And what happens to the good old fellas? The good fellas, the Italian, uh, you know, the, the, the bodyguards, what happens? They die because the heat is so strong. The heat is the, so strong that it kills them. All of a sudden, there's an appearance made. Oh, I love this. So Nebuchadnezzar is looking because he's so excited that these three Hebrew rebels are getting what they deserve. He looks in there and he says, uh, hey, excuse me, but uh, we threw three, three goombas in that uh, fire, three rebellious goombas. Why is it that I see four men walking around. Why is it that I see, and that other one is the, is the
the son looks like the son of God. You see, a pagan king who killed people at the drop of a hat, who wanted to kill all his sorcerers because they couldn't interpret a dream, a pagan king said, I see the son of God. I see the son of God. From If you read this and you start to read the rest of Daniel, you begin to notice something, that from that point on, Nebuchadnezzar saw Jesus Christ. And from that point on, his life changed. He, kept, he would walk in rebellion, and God would bring him down. But he saw Jesus. Now, he said, Jesus, the Son of God, is in the fire. They came walking out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't have smoke. On, you know, I used to smoke. I really did. And I would walk into the house, and of course, my father and my mother would say, Let me smell you. <laughs> oh, when I was a teenager, they were trying to smell me. They were trying to smell me. They were trying to smell cigarettes. You know, we had that, I think that song, Smoking in the Boys' Room, was always, you know. They would try to smell cigarettes, and they would try to smell beer, you know. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace, guess what? They didn't smell. They didn't smell of smoke. They didn't even have a singe on their hair. Their, their clothes were totally intact, and they came prancing out. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar says, there is no God that is able to deliver like this God, the King of Kings. And let me just read some of the things. Now, I want you to hear this because King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. You see, God was starting to deal with him, starting to deal with this precious, precious king. Why do I say that? Because listen to what he says. He starts to say he has a dream. And in the dream, he saw a mighty tree that reached up into heaven. And in that tree, there were birds and every, and the, all the nations looked. But all of a sudden, the key was cut down and fell. And Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Well, who does he call? He calls the man of God. And this is what chapter 26, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 26 says. Wherefore, they commanded me to leave the stump of the tree, roots. Thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, that thou shalt know that the heavens do rule. This is what Daniel said. He said, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Let me share this with you. When a prophet speaks to you, you need to listen. Now, if that prophet is of God, you especially need to listen. I allow, I love to come to hear that man preach. I also love to come to hear that woman preach. Now, 
I thought about it this last week, that I would drive from Hartford, Tennessee, where my house is, down to Cleveland, Tennessee, 135 miles to hear Pastor Hank Davis. But the other day, I realized that I drove 300 miles to hear Pastor Rhonda preach. You know why? Because they both are speaking into my life. So it says, Wherefore, my, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off your sins by righteousness. In other words, replacing the sinful nature with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Now, what's really fascinating about this is Daniel was such a compassionate minister. He was a compassionate man. He was a prophet, but he was also filled with compassion. What he said was, we need to talk, Nebuchadnezzar. We need to talk because I don't want to share this with anyone else. If your enemies get a hold of this one thing, they will try to seek and hurt you. So he said, let's talk as prophet to king. Here's what he said. He said, and have mercy to the poor, and it will be a lengthening of thy tranquility. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. Now listen to this. What a difference a year makes. At the end of 12 months, for those of you uh, that don't know, 12 months is a year. Just, Just sorry. That's that little Italian, you know, edgy side right there. I'm sorry. So at the end of the 12 months, now remember, Daniel is telling Nebuchadnezzar, this is what you need to do, and just listen to me. It will be a lengthening of your tranquility. So at the end of the 12 months, forgetting everything, the word came through the prophet of God, Nebuchadnezzar's walking in the gardens, and he is a big shot. So he says at the end of the 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spoke and said, look at this Babylon, baby. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built? Now, look, notice how many times he says I. That I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power for the honor of my Majesty, I believe that might be called narcissism right there. For the ma- something, yes. While the word was yet in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, thy kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be the, with the beast of the field. They shall make you to eat grass as the oxen. And seven times, actually seven years, shall pass over thee until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and give it to whomever he will. That same hour, this thing was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, that he was driven from men and did eat grass as the oxen. I don't know about you, but... I've been walking at times through cow fields. 
you know, through fields that the cows and the oxen and the bulls, and that's no bull, uh, would be eating grass. And lo and behold, I would not want to spend a night, much less seven years, eating grass like a bull. So listen, I love saying that. Uh, so this same, he ate grass as the oxen or the bulls, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair was grown out like eagle's feathers. For those of you that don't know, if you've ever seen Bob Marley, that's kind of like his hair. Dreadlocks and everything. Like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Can we find a Vietnamese nail salon somewhere? In other words, his... Incidentally, I, I just... I just, and I'll be honest with you, I, yes, I did. About seven years ago, a friend of mine said, hey, you need to go get a, a manicure and a pedicure. And I said, I don't really want to mess with my hands, but let me tell you, I'd like to get a hold of my feet. Well, we walk into a Vietnamese uh, nail salon, and this Vietnamese, I don't know, how many of you ever had a pedicure? Oh, I love them, you know. I mean, sometimes they go, hello, mister, how are you? And so I've learned how to say, like, uh, if you say hello in Vietnamese, you say, ciao. Well, I said it's the same as in Italian. He said, yeah. So ciao or goodbye is ciao. If you say uh, thank you in Vietnamese, it's come on. Uh, I love to say thank you in the, in the native population. we got so many in the United States, we can practice. So anyway, his hair became long, and then his nails became long. And all he did was spend seven years. His mind was gone. But listen to this. And I want to tell you something. If I could not say this, but during the time after I had the brain bleed and the stroke for almost a year and a half, this church ministered to me. I really thank you. Because I was not operating at full potential. I was not. There was one night when Pastor Hank and I were building a rock uh, in, and I build those fake rocks for like Dollywood and car dealerships. Most of you know that. We were building a rock in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and all of a sudden panic came upon me because I felt like my blood, my blood pressure was going up, and I, I just got a little bit panicky. And so we called the ambulance. They came out, and they said, just relax, and... They said, your, your blood pressure is a little high, but it's no, no reason that we'll take you to the hospital. I said, no, I've, I've been to the hospital seven times in the last two years. I really don't want to go again. What a difference a day makes. One day you're here, next day you may be in the hospital. Well, I was a little bit afraid. And Pastor Hank sat there and prayed for me that night. And I don't think, we, I don't think I've ever been to a, even called a paramedic since then, have I? in your presence. So that's what ministry is all about. Nebuchadnezzar was out of his brain. He was walking around or he was crawling around eating grass until, and it said this, at the end of the days, you see, everything has an expiration date. Our struggles have an expiration date. You will come to an end of your trial. Man, that's good preaching right there. Thank you, God. You will come to the end. So here's what Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven. 
and my understanding returned to me. Let me stop right there. I wasn't bragging. Oh, look at this great Babylon. No, no. He wasn't in Babylon. He was out in the grass. He said, I lifted up my eyes toward heaven. Thank you, God. I lifted up my eyes toward heaven. He said, and my understanding returned unto me. Second thing he did was then begin to praise. And I blessed the Most High. And I praised and I honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth, and I really want you to read this if you get, when you get home. It's the fourth chapter of Daniel. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Or what are you doing, basically? At the same time, you see, he looked to heaven. He praised the name of the Lord. Then at the same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and my brightness returned unto me. And you know the last thing, the last people that returned, his counselors. All of a sudden, his counselors said, ooh, we better go back. My counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established, once again, I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Listen to what he says. And I want to leave it here, and I want to pray for some people tonight. This morning, I'm sorry, this morning. Now I, King Nebuchadnezzar, and let's just remember what he was doing. I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have built the beautiful Babylon. I am the godfather of the world. I'm a big hot. I'm a big majesty. I'm a big person of majesty. I have everything. I built all this. But this is what he said toward the end. After the seven years, he said, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, I praise, I extol, I honor the king of heaven. You see, in the fiery furnace, he saw the king of heaven. I saw the king of heaven. I honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And listen to this. And if any of you have ever experienced this, this will shake you. And those that walk in pride... He is able to abase. That word means he's able to humble. Humble you. Now, I can tell you this. God is a God that resists the proud. He resists people that walk in pride. God is a God who gives grace to the humble. Somebody said to me, they said, I was cutting up in the Bahamas and just having a great old time because I was out in the sun and enjoying myself. And they said, you really need to start humbling yourself. I said, wow, you know what? I appreciate you judging me like that because last year, last year I was in a coma 
I was broken and humbled. There, were nothing, there was nothing that worked in my life and in my body. I was in, and when I came out of the coma, I was in absolute agony. As nerves began to reconnect, it would cause horrible pain. Neuropathy that was off the charts. Guess what? God is able to humble you. God is able to humble you. I would say that if you really want a change in your life, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. In fact, you know you cannot even be saved until you humble yourself at an altar and say, God, forgive me. You cannot know the joys of Jesus unless you humble yourself. Let me tell you, I, I mean, and I don't want to brag on people, but I, I really, even though he did whack me with my own bumper, this dear man said to me something one day. Way back in 2014, we were building that rock in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. We were having a ball, eating steak. I'd have, uh, I'd have sirloin, and Pastor Hank would... Uh, at my expense, would sometimes have the, the biggest ribeye. And I, I wanted to say to his dad one time, I wanted to say, my gosh, this man's eating me out of the house and home. But this dear man said to me these words, and this is your pastor. This is your pastor. This is what he is. He said, I just want to serve you, Al. And that tore me up. Tore me up. I just want to serve you. And you know what? I say the same thing. Let me serve you. Let me pray for you. Devin, you prayed for me this morning. I feel such a, an anointing of God. I feel so, my back feels great. But I want everybody just to bow your heads, if you would. Stand where you are. The first thing I want to say is this. Daniel, the prophet, said to Nebuchadnezzar, break off your sins. Break off your sins by righteousness. In other words, he said to Nebuchadnezzar, you need to get the righteousness of God. You break your sins off. You repent of your sins. God, forgive me of my sins. God, forgive me of my sins. Secondly, you break off your sins and then you move in mercy. You begin to show mercy to the poor. It might mean there's a, a little person sitting next to you that needs you to reach your hand over and pray for that for them. Show mercy to the poor. Show mercy to the poor. So I'm going to ask you today, if there's anyone that needs a renewal, needs to have Jesus Christ come in and bring His righteousness He's the fourth man in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar just simply glimpsed him, and his life changed. Nebuchadnezzar saw, and yet constantly was dealing with rebellion against God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I just want to pray for somebody. I want to show some mercy. But if there's anyone that you say, oh God, I need righteousness in this area. I need you to transform my life in an area. I'm struggling. It may be I'm struggling with, with 
cigarettes. I may be struggling with alcohol. I might be struggling with, with perversion. I may be struggling with something. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. So I'm going to ask you, anyone, and I have to bring this one thing up before I close and give it back to Pastor. The Bible says that God is the restoring God. When we've been destroyed, that God wants to restore. I want to tell you something. There have been times in this city that I have driven after seeing an ex-wife with a boyfriend. In this city, I would weep uncontrollably. Weep uncontrollably. But God restores. And now, God has replaced sadness with absolute joy. Glory to God. So I'm going to ask, we're not going to do the, the altar call tonight. You can stand maybe four feet, trust me. I've been, I've been just cleansed. But you can stand four feet in this altar. And we're just simply going to raise our hands toward you and praise and pray for you. And I'm going to ask Michael and Courtney if they would to come up. And then uh, Todd and Misty, if they would come up. And then I'm going to stand right here. And all we're going to do is just simply pray for anyone that needs prayer. It might be you're struggling with something, and it might not even be. It might be just lack of motivation. It might be, uh, it might be trouble in the family. My gosh, I've been weeping for my family, and God has begun to do some things. So I'm going to ask you right where you are to get out of that place and to come up and stay four feet from these dear people. We're going to change it from six feet to four feet. But come up and stand, anyone that needs prayer, and we're simply going to have a time of prayer. I want to pray with my church. You may reject my application, but you're still my church. Amen. And you've ministered to me. God bless these dear people. God bless these dear people. Michael and Courtney and Misty and Todd, I want you just to stretch your hands toward. Anyone else that needs prayer, where you're sitting, Amen. Brother Gerald, God bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for these dear, wonderful people. And God, right now, in Jesus' name, according to the authority of the Lord, I speak healing right now in Jesus' name. I speak a turnaround of finances in Jesus' name. God, we are struggling, God, financially. But, God, you are the God that brings. God, I ask you right now to change, and I, I'm, I'm asking you to pray this right now, to help me financially. Would you pray that with your hands lifted? Help me financially, oh God. God, Isaac sowed in the midst of famine. Isaac sowed in the midst of famine and reaped a great harvest. So I'm asking you right now, that you will, you will, God, touch the finances of this body. God, you will bring forth revival in this church. God, it's so thrilling to see wonderful people here today. So wonderful to see people here worshiping 
we're able to come. There's joy because we're here in your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hands toward these wonderful people in Jesus' name. God, thou anointest my head with oil. Thou anoint my cup runneth over. Glory to God. Lift your hands toward these dear people and pray with me. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Pastor Ron and I are very thankful for you, and we are very, we are very protective of this pulpit. We're very protective of the word that goes forth. By the same token, we have hosted some of the greatest ministries literally in the world in the past 30 some odd years uh, everyone that has touched the world in song has been here we've hosted some of the greatest singing groups we've hosted some of the greatest evangelists but i don't know that we've ever had a word as relevant and directed today at us by god from a man and I thank God for that 